Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar. And on the line with me today, I have Ralph Liu. He is the founder and CEO at MuleChain. Hello and welcome, Ralph. Thank you, Julia. So, Ralph, why don't you go ahead and paint the picture for us of what MuleChain is? What do you do there? Okay. So, where are you based, Julia? I'm in Los Angeles. You're in Los Angeles. Okay. So, say mm-hmm. next week you're going to fly to London. Once you finish okay. booking your trip, your itinerary on Expedia.com, for example, so at the click of a button, your itinerary will be transferred to a MuleChain platform. So once you own the MuleChain token, then somebody will know your itinerary. There could be somebody, you know, his daughter is studying at university in London. Then uh, he will contact you directly on a peer-to-peer basis. So you both agree, you know, he will pay you $100. So the ticket could only cost you, you know, maybe $500. You will get 20% of your trip cost subsidized. So once you agree, yeah, you are being the mule. (laughs) (laughs) And is it mostly for travel or is it any kind of of data sharing across the world? So that could be anything, you know. Right now we're just focusing on this white space, you know. There's literally uh, zero competition in the world in this concept. And uh, once we build the platform, it's an ecosystem that anybody can use the same platform with the requesters, 
through a mule. Then we have another pack station concept. So through this whole platform, people can use it for you know last mile e-commerce delivery uh, service, or people can use it just to disrupt the uh, current local messenger and uh, delivery business. You know the on-demand delivery services. Mm-hmm. So let's say in the previous example, once the requester is interested in the uh, uh, the working with you, so the she will actually uh, well uh, that person will actually open up just a mobile phone, and uh, once you open up the map, you will find out the nearest pack station around you. So instead of just meeting the mule, you know, because right now uh, like on Craigslist, you meet people you don't know, and the other side could be a criminal for whatever reason, you know. So it's much safer just to drop your stuff in a nearby pack station. Then the mule will go there to pick it up, then fly to London. So the the mule basically either delivers the, let's say, a jacket for his daughter, you know, studying in the university in London. He will uh, either just deliver to the daughter directly or can drop out at the pack station in London. Then the daughter will go to the pack station to pick it up. So in this example, for example, the the uh, requester uh, drop off the jacket and will pay the pack station owner $10. Then the mule go there and pay, pick it up. If he flies to London, he use another pack station, he will probably pay another $10 or a quid, you know, in London. So net net, he will still get the $90 for his service. Wow. So- yeah, so as you can see, the same service you can apply to many, many, you know, the scenario. And one of the most direct, you know, application is basically for people to uh, arbitrage the prices. So, for example, the iPhone here costs about, you know, roughly a thousand dollars. So, somebody in China, in uh, Moscow, you know, in Russia, they could actually buy it online, then just appoint a mule to pick it up. So then the mule pick it up, unpack it, unlock it, and bring it to Moscow. If people buy it over there, it's going to cost them twice, uh, twice as much, you know. So these are just some of the simple examples what people can use it. Wow. So you really are disrupting courier services. You're, you're a different form of courier service. Uh, that's correct. You know, it's just a very generic way using the peer-to-peer decentralized services. In this way, we literally just mobilize the whole world's population, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's our aim, to really target over 90% of the world's population eventually, you know. Because one way or another, in somebody's lifetime, they can use a service. Or they can even work for themselves on the mule chain. Remember, they don't work for mule chain. They, they only work for themselves, you know, on this platform, on this e- ecosystem. So comparing, let's say, a mule, right? Um, I'm sure you have heard of uh, Uber Eats, Uber Rush. Mm-hmm. If you work for Uber, you probably need to own a car. But if you work for yourself as a mule on the platform, all you need is just a subway token, a train ticket, a flight ticket, or just your own legs, you know? You can generate income. Wow. So, so this is really like a package and parcel equivalent of a Uber. On the other hand, if you look at the pack station concept, so anybody can become a pack station owner on the mule chain platform. So you can sign up, but you don't really have to open a commercial, you know, a drop-off place. You can just switch it on, and then let's say today you're home, tomorrow you're home. You switch on for two days. Then uh, anybody want to drop off and pick up something, you can earn a general income. So think about the pack station 
is sort of like an Airbnb for your package and parcels. So Airbnb lets you to stay overnight or short term, you know, but the Mule Chain will allow you park package and parcel to stay overnight. Wow. And if you, let's focus on it being a pack station. So uh-huh. say you, you would like to be a pack station from your okay. home or your business. Do you set requirements as to how long a package can stay there? Or like when you receive a package, does it say receiving package will be picked up within X amount of days? Very interesting question, Julia. The key differentiator from this, you know, mutual platform is decentralization. It's peer-to-peer. Although we will set guidelines at the recommendation, but we do not dictate how they do business. All we, all we do is just ensure the legitimacy and transparency on the platform. You know, people don't use it for any criminal, uh, criminal purposes, for example. But as far as the pricing, what type of item they would uh, accept, uh, it's really up to them on the peer-to-peer basis. Mm. So if I wanted to, use an example before, send a jacket to someone uh, in London. Okay. I have the jacket at my, ho- at my home. I take it to a pack station that mm-hmm. could be my neighbor and I drop yes. it off, mm-hmm. do, is there some kind of tracking that I can have on my item or is there a, um, an estimated, like do I get notified when my mule picks it up and then drops it off? That's exactly where the whole blockchain concept comes in. Through the smart contracts, all these transactions will be captured and uh, handled by the smart contract automatically. Got it. So for example, if you're a mule, then uh, once you agree with the uh, transaction, so the requester need to hold enough uh, token, mule chain token, the MCX. Then uh, that $100 in the previous example will be held in escrow by the smart contract and will not be released until the package or the jacket in this example been delivered to the daughter in London. So similarly, you know, for the pack station owner, and uh, they get uh, paid, let's say, $10 in each uh, the uh, example. So their payment will be handled by the smart contract automatically and uh, from the either the mule to drop off or the requester to drop off. Got it. And as a pack station, you set your own uh, fees you were mentioning. Correct. And the type of transaction you would accept and the time oh. you want to do the business. So let's say next week you're going to be a mule yourself. You're going to be on vacation. <laughs> In, the, in Paris, for example. So you switch off your pack station. You turn yourself to be a mule in that instance. Ah, so it's very, it's very liquid. You can do multiple things. On your cell phone, right? On your mobile wow. phone. So that's where we plan to target, you know, and uh, mostly the less affluent people in the developing country. So eventually, mm-hmm. let's say in uh, South America, in Southeast Asia, or in Africa, a lot of people don't even have a desktop computer, so they have a vibrant mobile economy. So these system, you know, through the blockchain, will provide an alternative trust system that could potentially replace their, you know, current national, the postal package system. So in many countries, in many, yeah, country, all those postal systems, the people just don't trust them, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why, yeah, we wanted this token to become a utility token. Uh, the entire service not just become another rich man's club, you know. We want exactly. the yeah the mule and the pack station to become a, a day-to-day service that people enjoy. Because you're helping out your fellow human and mm-hmm. hopefully getting them their goods faster than shipping it through a standard 
way of shipping it because you it's changing hands and people are taking it the, the quickest, most efficient way possible instead of it sitting in a warehouse and getting shipped out on a plane and, and all of that. Correct, correct, yeah. And along the way, you know, once you drop off, you take a picture so you can actually monitor, you know, the whole process. But so this is actually the one part of it, right? This is some new services uh, for the first time to be able to provide to the, the consumers on a worldwide basis. But think about the transformative power of this new service. Think about how many jobs this can create, you know. So let's say mules, the entire traveling, you know, the travelers around the world, including the airline crew themselves, you know, anybody can generate additional income, you know, legitimately. So this Mm -hmm. is one way. But on the other hand, think about the pack station. How many people, senior citizens, handicapped people sitting at home doing nothing, they cannot go out to get a job, but anybody can use a mobile phone to switch on to work as a pack station owner, you know, from time to time. They don't have to commit to anything. As long as they are staying home two or three days, they can switch it on to generate some, some income for themselves. Absolutely. It's very empowering and flexible for people, like you mentioned, who might have a disability or are, are not able to, to do a regular type of job. Yes, yes. But on the other hand, you know, and that's why you were asking, in the future, once we create the platform, the whole technology, right, the convenience for people to use it, then there's no limit where people can apply this to. So the pack station owner could be a lot of, uh, you know, small business owner. Currently, they're paying high rent just to maintaining a restaurant, right? Or they do a, a, a nightclub, a bar or something. They only generate business in the evening. During the day, it's all empty. So whether you have a gas station, you have a restaurant, you can actually set yourself up as a prof- semi-professional, you know, pack station. So exactly. really, there's how you can apply this concept to, you know. However, as a business, in the beginning, we just focus on the cross-border mule because that's a white space. There's literally zero competition. But once we, uh, again, establish the whole platform and build the technology, people can use it for any purpose including even eventually the trucking companies, the, the shipping company, the air cargo company, and, uh, or you know, the latest development with all the technology, the drone delivery. So the key concept is we are providing the platform for anybody to do on a P2P basis. Right now, there's a, a rush for a lot of, again, centralized corporations to de- develop the uh, drone technology for delivery. But on our platform, we will uh, allow any entrepreneur to set up his own drone to deliver, to compete with a giant corporation. Exactly. So when someone wants to be involved in this, you know, they think uh-huh. this is a great idea and they're, and they're saying, okay, I'm going to be a mule and then when I'm home, I'm going to do a pack station. What kind of security measures do you go through and vetting process to become a pack station or a mule? And and because safety is my is my thing. If I, if I want to have become a pack station at my home, I guess my number yeah. one concern would be who's picking up the packages. Uh-huh, okay. So the KYC, the AML, you know, all those procedures are very, very important mm-hmm. for us. So that's probably the, the number one thing we want to make this whole operation legitimate, you know. And um, the, so technology-wise, yes, the, other than the KYC, but also in terms of the risk management, there are two types of risk and as far as doing a delivery of a package. The traditional damage risk, you can just use the traditional, you know, the PNC insurance policy, 
just the same way as you would send a package from UPS or from FedEx. And uh, so that's to protect the damage risk or the loss, stolen risk. But the other major component, you know, which can be handled by the smart contract on the blockchain is called the fraud risk. So how do we manage the fraud risk? In the previous example, I was saying somebody buying a, a working as a mule to bring an iPhone to, to Moscow. Then this mule, he himself has to own enough mule chain token to be set aside as a collateral, again, to be held by the smart contract in escrow. So otherwise, you know, if this mule pick up the iPhone, he just run away. <laughs> you know, what can you do exactly. with it? Yeah. So if he put up the equivalent amount of $1,000 of mule chain token, then if he runs away, that $1,000 worth of mule chain token will go back to the requester. So mm, that's how okay. we handle the risk management aspect of it. But another, you know, sort of interesting concept uh, to emphasize the, the key thing about this decentralization and how powerful this could be, uh, I actually have one of my blog, you know, on the medium and to explain this concept. So I don't know if you've seen some of the um, uh, video posting on the Facebook. So one day I was just watching, I got inspired by this, you know, whole episode. A professor and uh, take off a glass jar asking the students. So as he filled off all the rocks into the glass jar uh, up to the brim. So he asked the student, is the glass jar full? And the students say, yes, it looks like it's full. So then he would actually put in a lot of sand and gravels to fill the void, you know, made by the rocks. He asked the student again, is the glass jar full? Then the students say, right now, yes, it is full now. So then the professor and started pouring beer until it's up to the brim again. <laughs> so he asked the <laughs> same question, is the glass jar full? So this whole episode, you know, is just perfectly explain what the difference between decentralization and the centralized corporate giants. So the rocks in the glass jar are the current corporate giants in the delivery business. No, no matter how big they become, there's always a void they will create for the decentralized mule or the P2P basis in the new gig economy to work for themselves to fill that void. Absolutely. Do, do you see that analogy? Mm-hmm. It's a very good yeah. analogy. Those mules and pack station, they would be the, uh, uh, the sands and the gravel, you know. So, for example, in the last mile delivery business, again, no matter how big the uh, corporation could become, they cannot literally set up a big warehouse in every street corner in New York City or in London. But in that street corner, there could be hundreds of thousands of mules and pack station owners working for themselves. So they would be more than happy Instead of charging $50, they say, hey, I can do it for $20 because I don't have to pay for the high rent for the big warehouse. I don't need to own a truck. I don't need to hire a truck, truck driver. I just to pick it up myself, you know, and walk to the, the buyer. So maybe they can do it for $10, for example. That's how the, you know, P2P decentralization in the future, only those people can compete with the corporate giants. Of course. And and when you have you have a trust between between the mules and the pack stations and there's there's background checks to make sure that these people are are good people then you really are just people helping people correct right of course you know we will put in the reputation credential management system and everybody will be ranked you know just like a current system that you see on ebay on the uber you know exactly exactly so you can give people ratings or and rankings so that you know 
you have an idea of who this person is, who's coming to your house to pick up the package, and who's handling your your goods. Mm-hmm. So where is Mule Train prevalent right now? Well, right now we're preparing, you know, and uh, to have to launch the token sales, and uh, sometime in the late July. And uh, so at the moment we're just preparing for that event. And of course, but in the future, uh, the way to operate it is basically um, one part is a decentralized uh, blockchain on the P2P basis. But nonetheless, we will set up a service bureau, a centralized operation service bureau, to provide service and make sure this you know decentralized operation will run smoothly. You know, and also because of the KYC AML, you know, we need to ensure everybody who participate in the new ecosystem are purely legit. You know. So the type of activity that the Service Bureau will provide and uh, is really just dispute resolution, customer service, and uh, also you know handle some of the marketing uh, events. So at the moment, we have already set up. The plan is to have the U.S. and China for the three parts of the business, the number one being the cross-border mules, the number two being the uh, uh, last-mile e-commerce delivery business, and the part three being the disrupting the local delivery and messenger business. So only in the U.S. in China, we will implement the three parts, uh, the complete business. But surrounding U.S. in China, the two world's biggest economy, we will have 10. Right now, we have already over 10 peripheral countries, which only focus on the cross-border mule business. So in each of the country, you can take a look on the website. And we have already appointed a, a regional director and uh, preparing all the different business plans in each territory. And at the moment, after our token sales and uh, after we launch the service, we can literally start executing the business right away. Wonderful. It's just right around the corner. So how can people join the conversation in, about, about Mule Train and stay up to date with, with all the new things that are coming? Well, that's exactly what we are uh, doing currently. If you go to the website and uh, join us in the community, in the tele- uh, telecom channels, and basically if you download the app and then uh, give us the feedback, and by the time we launch, the current target day is sometime in August or early September. And uh, on the limited basis, you know, in certain country, we're going to just run the, the 10 countries that I mentioned. Then, uh, yeah, that's how people can join the community and give us feedback. Absolutely, and they can start. They can start the process of of moving the goods and services and being a part of it. Yes, yes. So, and uh, for the time being, we haven't really, you know, set up the token sale date yet. And because of the whole landscape of the ICO, you know, has changed so much within the last couple of months. And uh, so, therefore, we we're very, you know, cautious in taking this approach. Uh, whether we're going to raise funding through the uh, conventional route from the VC route and for the centralized bureau, or we're going to uh, continue to do the token sale as a utility token. So the token itself is going to be uh, a prepaid membership concept. You know, and uh, there's a reason because right now, based on the latest development for the regulatory framework and uh, the ICC in the U.S. is this taking a position, uh, literally even you know all kinds of utility tokens they would consider you a security sales. So of course we would love to comply with that, but uh, however that really limited to the service. 
to be provided to the, you know, as I said, the less affluent population in the developing country. And uh, the last thing we want is this become another rich man's club, you know. And uh, that's why, exactly. yeah, either we're going to do the equity funding like uh, Uber, Airbnb, or uh, we're still going to have the utility token sale because that's essential. There's a lot of economic value to have the mutual token so that the people can simply just use their on their mobile phone to either deliver something, you know. Think about all the potential applications. Think about what happened in Puerto Rico. During the disaster period, you know, all of the traditional delivery services already halted. So how can people send somebody to the loved ones in the disaster area, you know? So there's a lot exactly. of use application for this. So that's one thing we're still trying to figure out. And if it is so difficult to pro provide the economic benefits uh, in the current regulatory environment, we probably just have to launch it overseas first. Mm -hmm. So what is the best way for people to to get in contact with you? Is it through the MealChain website? Yes, yeah, through the MealChain website, and there are links to all the communities that we're building. And uh, as I said, just go there and then uh, join the uh, the uh, email list, and then uh, we will keep them updated. But again, the, the target of the launch day is sometime in August or September. This is such a, a wonderful and interesting idea, and I am excited to see where it goes and and how it, and using it in the future myself. So thank you, you so go. much for, for telling us about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you so much, Julia. Of course, of course. That was Ralph Liu. He is the founder and CEO at MuleChain. Check it out at www.mulechain.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies 
that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 